All right, podcast. Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the internet, live from the Marriott Library at the University of Utah. This is the Redline Podcast. I'm your host, quote, Suburban Subway, unquote, Dunstan, and these are my co-hosts... Kyle, quote, A-Train, Holland, and... Alex, I can't think of a quote right now, Fielder. Today we're discussing several little-known rail systems in upstate New York, one of which still exists and has one of the strangest operating patterns of any light rail system in the world. All this after the news. News, item number one. Battery buses strike again. Battery buses have gained a reputation as highly unreliable nearly since their introduction to service. And the latest news out of Milwaukee doesn't help to change that image. The Milwaukee County Transit Service has recalled all 11 of their battery bus fleet from their Connect One BRT service until further notice after the manufacturer detected possible issues with the batteries. At this time, it is unknown when they will return to service. Lovely. Second worst application of vehicle scale batteries. It's a shame the battery electric buses in Milwaukee don't have removable and replaceable batteries similar to Milwaukee drills. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, maybe they should like, you know, those those like clip things that you use for the drills, right? They stick a really big one of those on top of each <laughs> bus and you just kind of get a little crane and go... Mm-hmm. And then when you get to the end of the line, you pull it off, you stick it on something else to charge it, and then you pull off a new one. It's just like doing drywall. <laughs> or just have a small EV that has connecting plugs, and you back it into the bus, then it goes <laughs> along with the ride, and then you pull it out and charge it and stick a new one in. That's, That's a, a really great, good idea, That's actually. a great plan. It's a trailer. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, Item number two. That was a weird news item. Uh, Item number two. Another rail expansion is planned to open soon with Sound Transit's Tacoma Streetcar planning to begin service on its new hilltop extension in September of this year. The new line adds seven new stations and 2.4 miles of track, more than doubling the length of the system. Although the new alignment is a bit strange, effectively doubling back on the previous route, it's likely to attract high ridership as the T-Line carried nearly 3,000 riders before the advent of the COVID-19 pandemic. Cool. And it based just connects. Based in Seattle. Yeah, based in Seattle. Someday it will connect to the Link trademark, Link Line 1. <laughs> One day. One Someday, day. God willing, inshallah, etc. So that that this has been the news. Do 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 do. Ready? Yep. The show or whatever. So okay, don't look at this script for right now because I want your honest reaction to this. What if I told you? Uh, have you heard of Buffalo, New York? Yeah, the cold, snowy one by the lake. Alex, have you heard of Buffalo, New York? Yeah, it's one of the bits in the office. It's where they have an office in the office. Fun fact, I did not know that. Uh, so what if I were to tell you that cold, snowy buffalo, that, you know, the only thing it, it's ever in the news for is, like, having the world's most deadly winter storm. Uh-huh. Uh, what if I told you they have a subway? Well, I guess it had better be underground because it's so cold. <laughs> I'd be surprised. Um, I feel like that's yeah, something that would have come up before. 
Well, a lot of people uh, are surprised by this because they do have a subway. And how big is, even is Buffalo's metro area? Uh, 1.1 million. Yeah. How come they get a subway? Because the, 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 the 70s. <sighs> <sighs> Lyndon B. Johnson. Uh, <laughs> great society indeed. Yeah, it this was is, pretty great. This is an Urban Mass Transportation Administration thing. Oh, right. So, For the, like, 10 years that existed. Yes, correct. Uh, so, Buffalo is a beautiful city sitting on the eastern le- edges of Lake Erie in upstate New York. It has a metro area of population of around 1.1 million and is a historic home of heavy industry and hub for commerce. Makes sense. Lake shipping. Shipping be like. Uh, also, the Erie Canal... I don't know if you guys are familiar with the history of that, but it was the most important trade artery in America for a while. Does it go uh, from the lake right to the to ocean? It does. It runs from the lake through New York State to the ocean. That would do it. Yeah. So, quite mm-hmm. important. Um, unfortunately, you know, uh, this thing called deindustrialization happened. Classic Midwest move. Classic mm-hmm. Midwest move. Uh and, you know, although they'd been able to adapt several times, right after the canal was like, oh, this is obsolete now because we've invented these things called railroads. Ooh. I did that in scare quotes. The canal of the land. <laughs> <laughs> the canal of the land. In terms of shipping efficiencies. Uh, so when those <laughs> were invented, the canal is suddenly useless, like, ten years after it was made. Rip. But then Buffalo becomes the second largest rail hub in North America what, after, after Chicago. Chicago? Midwest moment. Uh, <laughs> and then when the railroads are no longer the big deal, they're like, let's do steel. We're going to make lots of steel and coal Oh, and I bet stuff. that'll last real long. Incorrect. After <laughs> 1950, <laughs> that no, did not that last. never lasts long. That's a classic move. Yeah. Classic Midwest move. Uh, it's not in the Midwest. Oh. It's Rust Belt, though. You have to understand that those are over overlapping but different right. categories. And the Rust Belt's wider. The Midwest is taller. I uh, yes, I think that's correct, actually. All right, asterisk classic Rust Belt move. Yeah, because you're gonna get a whole bunch of people yelling at you if you call it Midwest. Average Midwesterner. They, yes, very much. <laughs> uh. So although it was able to kind of adapt from all of those things, uh, it was not able to adapt when all of the industry just died and moved, all of it, basically. And they they couldn't just keep pivoting. They couldn't just keep pivoting. Uh, its decline was pretty shocking. The city went from a mid-century peak of nearly six hundred thousand residents to just two hundred sixty thousand by twenty ten. Ghost town. Yeah, that's, that's no good. Less, <laughs> less than Detroit. half. I believe the figure is 55% population decline. Was this better or worse than Detroit? I think worse. Damn. Let me look it up real quick so I'm not incorrect here. That's a first. No, it may be the city in, like, the world that's hit the hardest by post-industrial decline, so we'll have to... Uh, no, not worse than Detroit. I take that back. Detroit's at around a... Third-ish. Oh, okay. Of its, of its well, peak population. Good, good for Buffalo. So, you know, not as bad as Detroit, but still pretty freaking bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, n- the people who live places generally don't like those places going down the drain. 
weird human thing. So, as, as you may be aware. Yeah. So how is how is Buffalo today? Well, today it hosts a diversified service economy and is actually growing a decent clip. Um, it's beginning urban revival and um, that revival sweeping across the Rust Belt cities altogether. Yeah. Woohoo. So, you know, that's good news. Uh, but we're not here to talk about Buffalo. I mean, as a whole. Oh. We're we're here to talk about their bizarre subway. I was having fun talking about Buffalo as a whole. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So as Buffalo's city center continued to decline in population throughout the second half of the 1900s, state, federal, and local leaders began to look for a way to revitalize downtown and improve transportation in the region. Wow. It's pretty reasonable to me. (laughs) Noble goal. Average smart move. (laughs) Average smart move. Uh, So although there was a decent bus system, which had mostly replaced the region's streetcars route for route after they were torn in the 1940s, uh, it was thought that something higher order was going to be needed for the future of the city. Very very period-appropriate thought. Yes. And uh, a side note and a fun fact, the company that operated the interurbans and streetcars in the Buffalo-Niagara area was called the International Railway. What? Because uh, it touched Canada. Because they ran interurban services to Canada. You could get a commuter train to Canada from Buffalo. That's amazing. At least they took advantage of the, the name. <laughs> yeah, aren't they closer to insert large Canadian city than, like, New York? Probably Toronto. Yeah, yeah, or Montreal. That, that makes sense. So, you know, uh, people from the suburbs didn't want to drive downtown, so everyone was like, hey, what's the thing that Washington just did? Uh, uh, it starts with an M. It does start with the an M. The M is in a big square black box. I think it's like... It, it, it Me- comes from the same word me- as metropolitan, me- maybe? Me- Metro subway link. Yes. Actually, that may be this system's, like, closest contemporary, actually, so that is an interesting comparison. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, the plan was conceived in the late 1960s, and it was supposed to run a single metro line from downtown to the University of Buffalo, with more lines to come at a later date. Good starting point. Yeah, I always like how they connect it to universities. Very smart move. Yeah, as a university student, I'm a fan and a member of the all-powerful university student lobby. I'm a big fan <laughs> of the downtown university connections. I take the red line to school every day, so there you go. it's probably a good idea to connect universities to rapid transit. It's also free ridership most of the time. It is kind of free ridership, yeah. College students are poor. <laughs> um, and so it's socially acceptable for them to be poor, more importantly, for that's, building transit that's infrastructure. That's very true. So, uh, but rather than a traditional heavy rail metro, the Niagara Front Transit Authority planned to build a, quote, light rail rapid transit system, unquote. What year was this? Uh, So this is just before 1970. Seems like a pretty early use of that terminology. Well, I think they were trying to derive, like, from Germans, right? Oh, where everything wasn't certified freight rolling stock? Yes. It, It... Seems like an interesting choice, but um, I'm sure you'll tell us the reason. Uh, There wasn't a reason. They were just like, oh, regular subway too big for small 
uwu buffalo. Oh. So, so they fought far enough ahead to have a metro system, and then they thought, oh, well, we, we, we won't expand. We won't get any bigger. Basically, yeah. Um, so basically it was just going to be a subway, but using light rail rolling stock. Uh, so like Muni Metro or uh, German U-Bahn systems. There's a lot of German U-Bahns that just use like light rail trains with high floors. So. All right, then. Um, Speaking of high floors. Yeah, it does u- use some unique cars, uh, high floors for subway stations, but they have steps that fold out when it leaves the tunnel so that they can serve the, the low platforms on the transit mall. So kind of like low-tech Muni SD200s. Uh, yes, very low-tech, because, like, I, I kid you not, like, the steps just, like, flop outwards. That's hilarious. <laughs> what if they don't flop up on the way back into the tunnel? Uh, I think there's enough clearance, but they oh. are normally flop back up, if I remember correctly. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I like a good low-tech uh, solution. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if it works, man, I'm not going to complain. Hey, we could run our uh, SD-160 high floors <laughs> with gap fillers that extend into the stairwell. And then flop. And then extend out before the train leaves. Oh, my gosh. It's a great plan. Yes, it that will not be fraught with problems. <laughs> Common Kyle L. Thanks, I think. You're welcome. Um, so this line would, in a rather interesting version of the usual way metro or even light rail systems operate run on the surface in the center city and in a fully grade-separated subway out into the suburbs under Buffalo's Main Street. Question? Yes. Why? Uh, I'm going to say that this is the old, our old friend using transit for revitalization downtown Mm. instead of transit because, you know, a subway station will clearly do much less to revitalize downtown than a streetcar stop. Sure. That, that feels like the backwards link to me. <laughs> yeah, yes. And that that uh. just that seems evil. It is a little cursed. Um, so although it was initially hoped that construction might begin as soon as 1970, things didn't go to plan. Uh, cost overruns and planning issues meant that the system didn't begin construction until 1979, almost um, ten years later. That's a long time. <laughs> This is mm. this seems pretty and well po- into the light ra- rail era by that point, I should say. Seems pretty poorly run for a '70s project. And yeah, higher always, expectations. It's always nice to know that we're not the first ones to experience cost overruns and massive Very delays. True. Yeah, it's good Very to know people have dealt with it before. I gotta look up an inflation calculator real quick because. Because the line was considered quite expensive uh, by its day's standards. It was $250 million to build the whole thing. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's six and a half miles long. Okay, so how much is $250 million today? That is what I'm trying to work out because I forgot to do this earlier. So 1979 to today. Uh, that's $40 million a mile in year in the 70s. Uh, so, oh, well, I mean, it's pretty cheap by today's standards, but $168 million by today's per mile, yeah. which is it quite good for worse. what is mostly a subway. Yeah. For being a subway. And for being mostly. cost overridden, too. Yeah, well, uh, it was initially planned to go 10 miles, um, 
all the way to the northern, because the University of Buffalo has two campuses. It has a northern campus and a southern campus. So it was initially planned to go all the way to the northern campus, but they had to cut it back because it cost too much at $40 million a mile. And it only goes to University South Campus. So it's about six and a half miles in total length. Or rep. Yeah, that, that seems like a shame. Um, I feel like they could have done clever stuff connecting both campuses. Here, let me pull up the map real quick. Yeah, did they ever finish fun. it? No. <laughs> they did not, <laughs> which is uh, not ideal. So on this map, the Maple Station is where it would have ended originally. So you see, like, oh, that's a very poor image, but basically where it runs to now is University. Uh, it was meant to go up to Maple, basically. And all those green stops on the bottom are the downtown ones, and they're three feet apart? Yes, that is correct. Great. Couldn't have just done, like, three metro stations. No. They did cut it back a lot, then. Yeah, um... And, you know, those other ones up there are, like, a newer newer plan for extension. So there are everyone's been trying to get the thing extended since it was finished um, and have largely been un- unsuccessful. But that's for later. So... And it was finished in 1986, which is, last I checked, well, a long time it was, ago. Yeah, it was finished in three stages. Uh, first stage, the 1.2 miles of surface downtown transit mall, were opened in 84. That took five years. Well, yeah, they were building a subway at the same time. Oh, yeah, fair. Um, and the line to Amherst Street, which is the third to last station, was completed in 85, with the final stretch to University South Campus, as it was called at the time, because they thought they were going to make University North Campus also a station. But no. Uh, now renamed to University. Um <laughs> <laughs> that was completed in 86, bringing the line to its current extent. So it did take a long time to build then. Well, with the yes. delays. Seven years in total. Um, the completed system was 6.4 miles in length, of which 1.2 were on the surface, 1.7 were in a cut-and-cover tunnel under Main Street, and the remaining 3.5 were in a deep-bore rock tunnel. And we wonder why it cost money. So... It's- Deep bore, jeez. Yeah, which was kind of unusual for the time as well to, I don't know, in the suburbs, like, <laughs> why? <laughs> just, just yeah. I don't know, elevate it, man. That can be for, like, bomb shelters, could it? I don't think so. This was kind of largely completed after the era when everyone was really afraid of nuclear war. It's also in Buffalo. Yeah, I don't know if Buffalo was ever a real big target for the Soviet Union. No offense to <laughs> Buffalo. That, that's a good point. Unless they were um, working off bad intel saying we still use the Erie Canal. <laughs> we need, Doc, comrade, we need to take down the Erie Canal in order to cripple American trade. Yes, Doc. <laughs> uh, um, so the whole route, uh, all 6.4 miles, takes about uh, 20 minutes to traverse, which is not bad, uh, if you'll believe it. I both think over half of that is spent on the downtown transit mall. That's pretty <laughs> good. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good once you get out of the downtown transit uh, mall. If you look it up on transit app, you can look up frequency, but I believe it was 10 minutes before pandemic, which is pretty good. Yeah, really probably good. should be be- probably should be better, given that it's the only line and that it's 
they've spent so much money on it. But, um, so unfortunately, uh, the transit mall did not work out as planned in terms of revitalization. Uh, mm-hmm. And parts of it were open to cars in the 2015 after local merchants complained. I'm looking at the satellite map here, and that seems a bit goofy, given that there's uh, parallel streets mere inches away by Salt Lake standards and a bajillion and a half alleys and well, all the parking lots don't even face Main Street. We know how merchants feel about this sort of thing. This is true. If you have one street parking space in front of your shop, you must defend that with your life because everybody parks in the one street parking space. True. Yeah. yeah people don't like walking, so... Walking, that's bad. It's not as though we have legs for a reason or anything. Yeah. So, um, also unfortunately, initial ridership did not live up to expectations, mostly because of Buffalo's rapid depopulation in the area after its completion. Uh, That might have also crippled any expansion plans. Yeah, the line was never extended because of the high cost per rider associated with building the original line. Mm. It it makes sense why they, they wouldn't base off of it, but it is a shame. It is an awful shame because it's fun, if only that. Um, <laughs> so ridership plateaued in the 2010s, about 20,000 to 25,000 riding on any given day, which I will say is not bad for such a short line. If we do the calculations, that's like 2,500 per mile. Well, it's only six and a half miles. Yeah, so six and a half miles, 20,000. Fi- oh, that is over 3,000. That's over 3,000 per mile, which is like damn fine. Well... And that's partially because, A, Buffalo is extremely poor, and, B, um, it is still a subway. <laughs> it is a subway. It goes, it goes burr. You know, and that, and, that, and that South Campus station, I'm sure, helps. Oh, I'm sure. Imagine if they ran it North Campus. Yeah, that probably contributes a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, unfortunately, also, there's a lot of unfortunateies in this story. Um... Post-pandemic recovery has been poor. Uh, less than 10,000 now ride on most weekdays. Oof. Oof. Yeah, that's a little uh, painful. Yeah, that's pretty... And I checked oh. in weekday services every 12 minutes, not 10. Oh. Well, like I said, before the pandemic. Yeah. So, you know. Um, but there is hope for the line. Because in 2018, Governor Andrew Cuomo, curses be upon his name, <laughs> uh, for firing Andy Byford, <laughs> paid for a steady to uh, steady, paid for a steady to steady, expanding the line, finally, to <laughs> the North Campus. Uh, and as of time of completion of this podcast, I was not able to find any resources indicating as to whether said steady has been completed. But good step. It's something, and there's a I'm lot of like advocacy to extend it in different ways as well. I'm sure it's going to cost a ton of money to complete, but oh, certainly. I think the idea is that they're going to build that part at grade, not street running, but at grade. Do, does that part end at? It, no, it can't end at Deep Bore. Yeah, never mind. Yeah. Um, there's also, here, I'll show you another map. I'll send you another map. Um, this one shows kind of the future extensions that everyone wants to do, and also the what's called the Tonawandas Corridor, which is a disused freight line that runs through some of the most impoverished sections of the city. Mm. Uh, and the idea is that you could have the 
the line up to North Campus as well as that corridor both feed to downtown. And then... Light um, rail go burr. Yeah. So, you know, there's also possibilities in the south. There's there's a lot of disused rail infrastructure in Buffalo because it used to be Chicago. Sounds right for an absolutely massive uh, light rail project. So there's a lot of, like, potential for what you could do if you really wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and especially since bu- Buffalo is seeing a population revival recently, this could be something that the city should maybe look into investing in. Just just as a thought. Worth looking yeah. into. Yeah. And they can have a system instead of one unfinished line. Kind of line. sad little line. Yeah. <laughs> that has all of the infrastructure. Yeah, no, I mean, seriously, you could run a lot of trains through that thing, so. Yeah. Especially if you maybe finish the tunnel into downtown instead of just having it become a weird surface line, but, you know. Interesting. So... Yeah, there's the, there's there's one of three weird upstate New York uh, things we will be talking about today. Cool, go what? Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good for I, them. At least they have a system. Yeah. I'm. This, At least this, they have a line. This is this yeah. is on my this is very high on my bucket list to ride because like like the Metro Subway Link because. I think those lines have a lot in common in that they were meant to be part of a grander system, but, then nope. but only one weird, mostly useless line ever got built. So, <laughs> Interesting how systems work. So, yeah, uh, thing number two is what is known as the Syracuse On Track. That's a lovely name. The, the name's booming with optimism. I like yes, it, it is. Bit too much optimism. I'm scared. And I will say <laughs> that it may be the strangest or second strangest suburban rail line in history. I think it has to compete with the West in Portland for that title. <laughs> oh yeah, that one. So, um, in 1994, a Syracuse University graduate proposed using an old Conrail line to ex- to restore rail t- service to the city nearly 50 years after interurban and streetcar service ceased. Okay. Exciting, right? Yeah. Uh, and it should be noted that Syracuse was at this time in a similar terminal phase of population decline to Buffalo. Love Although that. that has also been re- reversed recently. So cool. Very good. Sweet. Uh, they bought the line from Conrail for $1 because <laughs> Conrail really didn't want it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> they were tired of paying to maintain it. And Conrail at the time had plenty of other stuff on their yeah, hands. Yeah, they had a lot of things to worry about. Uh, and then they leased it to the New York, Susquehanna, and Western Railway uh, for freight service on the condition that they would also run a fair passenger service. I believe the conditions were at least 250 days a year of operation and 1,250 total round trips per year, which averages out to about 10 trains a day on weekdays. Okay, so just no, probably no weekend service. Uh, except there was. Oh, okay. They, it, at, in the beginning, it was actually quite good uh, because New York State gave the railroad a big tax break to run the service oh. and then also bought them five just ancient bud stainless steel rail cars to run it with. I bet they sure had wheels. They were, <laughs> like, think a pacer, right? You know what a pacer is. I, I don't. Uh, it's this weird British rail bus from the from the 90s. This is kind of a similar thing. It's basically the ancient father of a DMU. 
Okay, <laughs> then. That sounds pretty special. So, uh, I imagine you said you said 10 trips on uh, on the weekday. Does that mean That's two, two trips a day? So, oh, so 10 trips per weekday. Oh, per weekday. Okay. 10 round good. trips per weekday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it was you scared like, me. I assume basically like one midday train and several peak hour trains per direction and then like a couple off time trains. Very commuter service. Yeah, Yeah, just kind of a a classic suburban commuter service. Except it didn't really go to the suburbs and it was mostly just in in the city of Syracuse. But but we'll get to that. (laughs) Okay. Um, Sounds like an interesting caveat, but... Yeah, it was about, like, I believe 10 miles long in total, so it was not a particularly long line. This is a really weird service pattern for a 10-mile long line. Yeah, I'll I'll send you the map. I'll send you the map, and you can see what you think. Uh, So it ran daily between Syracuse University and Walsh Transportation Center. That was called the city service, and that was the thing that would do trend trips. But out to Jonesville, which was kind of like a local recreation area, they would run weekend service with flag stops at the different places along the way so that you could go to the lake with your family on the Syracuse on track. Bro, this alignment just looks like a, like a light rail or something. It's kind of special, isn't it? Yeah, the stops are so interesting. Yeah. Okay, um, well, it, it looks very strange. It, you are correct. Um, the service was actually a really big hit in the beginning, if you'll believe it. Um, 45,000 rode in the first three months, which I believe is about uh, 25 people per trip, which is pretty good on, like, the six-mile little line there. Yeah. Which also, I should note, didn't really touch any residential neighborhoods at all. (laughs) (laughs) So, um... This is the weirdest service pattern ever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was quite popular for the first couple years, but then, um, the NYSW, that's the New York, Susquehanna, and Western, that's the railroad that ran it, uh, started grifting from the subsidies that they got to operate it Mm. and using the subsidies to maintain their other track, like in other places, rather than on the thing they were supposed to spend it on. Which is not how that's supposed to work. Right. And, uh, because of that, ridership decreased because they weren't advertising anymore, and, And it just kind of became your classic transit death spiral. And unfortunately, uh, the line shut down in 2008, only 14 years after it opened. Mm, That's a shame. It is a shame. Uh, A proposed extension uh, that would have made it more viable by taking it more stops into downtown was also killed off by the railroads. What, were they busy using it for freight? No. Then (laughs) what were they on about? You see those weird little dotted section down there? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was for. Bro, that's like three feet. What do the railroads want? I don't know. Probably wanted to run one switching train over it a day. Probably, yeah. But, and this is there's a lot of optimism in upstate New York cities at the moment, which is a good thing, I think. Uh, a lot Syrac- of funding, too. You guys may remember Syracuse from our freeway removal episode. Ooh, um, I do now. So... There are hopes among local activists of bringing it back, um, but as a light rail line and also kind of getting it to places where people live as well instead of just, like, random spots where it was before. (laughs) Grand idea. (laughs) I know, big plan, having uh, a service for people be able to be used by people. Interesting Interesting. 
Yeah, no, that's that's a good idea. Make it into a light rail. I'd assume freight service is long gone. I think that it's like a lot of train tracks in America where it sees like three weekly movements of a train with like four cars from a grain silo or something. Perfect for light rail. But I am not under the impression that it has anything resembling frequent freight service running over it. Cool. Uh, Does the city of Syracuse still on the right of way, the track? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I, I can't imagine they would get rid of it. I don't think they have, but then again, Cincinnati is selling the railroad that they own at the moment, so you never know. Okay. Well, interesting. Another weird note that I had in my head, and now I can't remember. Okay. On to the next one, because as it turns out, all three of the major upstate New York uh, cities have... Weird, weird old rail lines. Yeah. <laughs> and this is the uh, Rochester subway. Cool. Which no longer exists. But uh, upstate New York was quite a happening place back in the day. And in 1927, the city of Rochester finished work on a new downtown subway to get the streetcars off their traffic-ridden streets. Interestingly, only two miles of the subway were actually underground, with the rest running below grade in a trench in the depths of a former canal. <laughs> that's <laughs> clever. That that is that's just the train I like its that. Yeah. Showing I've never supremacy. That's awesome. I think that that may be unique in the entire world actually is a sub is a is a service running in a former canal. So, I don't know if anyone knows about some weird European thing that does that, let me know, but like I don't I haven't heard of that anywhere else. Yeah. I I like that. That's good. Um, and um, so initially it was basically like, you know how we always love to talk in North America now about like having center city tunnels for all of our regional rail to interrun through? Yeah, like they so have, it goes burr. Like they have everywhere in Europe? Uh-huh. Uh, this mm-hmm. was that except for interurbans. Cool. So like all the interurbans from all the areas around it would run into the thing, go into downtown, then go back out the other direction. That's cool. So it was through running. Yeah, so it was basically Beautiful. a modern S-Bahn tunnel in the 1920s. Beautiful. That's awesome. Uh, but then all the interurbans closed, and it was left as a weird spur line that just had service, you know, of little old ancient streetcars running through it. Uh, and it was closed in 1956 due to a ridership. And um, because the city has been extremely broke from massive population decline, they have slowly been filling it in over the years uh, in order to not have to maintain it. That's very unfortunate. So most of the former two miles of subway downtown is gone, and almost all of the canal trench is now gone. Meaning that this is going would be very difficult to reactivate. That's a that's a damn shame. Well, as long as they're not putting sewer lines in the infill. Ah. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> Never mind. So. Rust belt moment. Yeah, I just I kind of can imagine a better world where you have like. You know, the f- in Paris, you have, like, the 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 RER, like, the Rochester RER, <laughs> the Réseau Express Rochester or something, you know. Um, but it wasn't to be, sadly. So. Yeah, it's sad that this one of our three does not have a path forward. No, it, it would be very difficult. It to has a wall made thing. out of sewer lines and buried transmission lines. Like, it's... <laughs> It's not like the Cincinnati subway where it's just still sitting there empty. This one is kind of just mostly gone. gone. Yeah. That's that's actually that's a real shame because that 
That seems like it might have been the most promising out of the three. Well, Rochester is, I believe, the largest city of the three by a relatively large margin, if I am correct. Let me check. Oh, never mind. It's about the same as Buffalo. Okay, well, well you know, Buffalo has a subway. Rochester should, too. Yeah. Well, I should, uh, I should see if we can find any photos of the canal running section. <laughs> That'd be fun. That would be a good cool idea. photo. That'd be great to have. Uh, alternatively, we could get some pictures of the cute little um, NFTA metro trains in the tunnel. Oh, I know. It's the baby. Very I think snazzy. they can run three car trains in it. So. Wow, three whole cars. I know. Very light. At least it's not Portland trademark. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> so that's all I got for today. Any thoughts on the various New York subways? Um, it just seems a shame that so many of them are gone. It seems like something that people would be very excited about supporting now. Yeah, it's sad that they all got hit with the same sort of massive population decline and all missed like a bajillion and a half opportunities to do all these cool projects. Yeah, I'm just happy that Cleveland, cities like Cleveland and um, St. Louis and Chicago and... Uh, Buffalo that all experienced these things still managed to keep some weird rapid transportation infrastructure around. <laughs> yeah. Because that'll set yeah. them really up really well for the future when they will be, you know, thriving, growing again. You know what they say, the best time to build rapid transit was in the it's 60s yes, and 70s. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> well, and why build it once when you can build it again? Oh, so True. Uh. I'd some someday in the future when Rochester is like a mega city of like ten billion people, they're gonna be kicking themselves for tearing out that subway. Yeah. So, um, thank you for listening, and please remember to like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube, and to leave us a rating on iTunes and Spotify. If you like what we do on the show, you can become a member on Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes as well as exclusive content and occasional merch drops. Um, let me pull it up real quick. That was a fun episode. I was glad. I've always wanted to talk about that, but, like, yeah. just Buffalo and just Rochester and just Syracuse aren't enough to talk about on their own. <laughs> yeah. So you kind of got to bundle them together. And I, and well, I may, they easily could be enough to talk on, talk about on their own if like, all these projects happened. True. Yeah. No, I think it was good grouping them together. Uh, and the title of the episode must be The Other New York Subway, parentheses, S, close parentheses. The Other New okay. York Subway. <laughs> okay, so at Super Duper, Hyper Trooper Duper Looper, uh, cool frontrunner, we have Zach Adams at $69.69 a month and Generic GT at $35 per month. At regular frontrunner tier, $10 a month, we have Curtis Herring, Devin Zander, Mike Christensen, and Phobos2390. At $5 a month, our redline tier, we have Brian Smith, Christopher Whaley, DJ... Hi, Will. Watkins, Eliza Kensler, Jacob Whitecotton, Jesse Mayo, a Reluctant LA Resident, Robert P. Walsh, and Scott Harris. Blue Line Tier, $3. We have Alex Dykowski, Ben Busath, Bradley Bondi, Ethan McDonald, Evelyn, G4, Gonzo12, 
Jack Dean, John Heron Gorman, Martin Martin. Oh no, no Hecker Martinez anymore. Heckin' Martin. Darn it. Matt Gray, Seth, and Zach Verstall. And at our one dollar tier green line, we have Capil, or Capel. Cool. Yeah. That, Thank you. That's all, folks. You can find our sources in the description, and make sure to look out for other stuff coming soon. Trademark. Really, it's almost like we produce content in the content mill. In the mines. <laughs> yeah. Mining away. I don't know what what to mine Mining away. Yeah. Oh, also, OGX, uh, review, brief it's, review. It's a bust. It was unsurprisingly disappointing. The <laughs> stops were really nice. Um, the Weaver State Campus busway is a bit wonky, but objectively useful. Oh, it's very weird. You're going to have to write it someday soon, Alex, because it has a whole bunch of single tracking sections. Yeah, I- I'll be yeah. I'll be going down to Leighton next weekend. So maybe I'll stop in Ogden and ride it. Yeah, so it's so exciting. Anyways, but other than the the nice stops, um, there's one weird like stop that was on a left turn, which was cool, and the busway, which is useful even if it's weird. It was just a bus. <laughs> Interesting. It actually lost on travel time to the uh, the six thirty. 603? Yeah, it did lose on travel time to the old bus route by about three, two and a half minutes. Yeah, it did hold for time a bit, so I'm suspecting that under passenger load... It's about the same? It'll be about the same, maybe slightly better. Huh. So uh, $130 million for no reason. <laughs> yeah, maybe but we should have spent like... Transit. Maybe yeah. they should have spent like $30 million on the stops, buses, and the busway. Instead of the road expansion? Or maybe yeah. all of it huh. on the busway, because it's not like they're using particularly spe- special buses anyway. And Yeah, stops, that's true. They could have just run standard buses. And stops already have. don't need to look beautiful. That can be done afterwards as well. Well, they could have. That is true. And in, instead of doing, like, the iconic BRT stops, they could have just done bus shelters that hang over the sidewalk. Yeah, they could have... And just get, like, some stock ones. They honestly could have designed it more like the light rail, like the track stops. I feel like those probably would have <laughs> yeah. been cheaper. I actually, maybe. Yeah. Well, and they just built a new probably one of those. Right. So. Yeah. But whatever. It'll be fine. At least it's there, I guess. At least that money didn't go towards highways. So. Yeah. It could have been used infinitely better. Yeah, it sort of did. It could sort of did with the road <laughs> widening. It like actually yeah, kind of really did. Yeah. Well, at least there is a tangible transit benefit. Sort of. At eh. least it was in Mass Transit magazine. It right. was in Mass Transit. It was worth it just for I'm the mention s- in the magazine. I'm so looking forward to the Mid Valley Connector which will be like this but worse on every front. I don't know how it could get worse and how it is now, but okay. As you like it. We're learning about Syracuse over I'm here. I'm looking at Syracuse on Google Maps. 
We Syracuse and on G for Oh, you, the fun fact, uh, you can actually still visit the Syracuse on-track stop. It does still exist. <laughs> or for Syracuse University, uh, it's just never been torn out, so. That's fun. Yeah. We should go film, like, a, a, a horror show there. <laughs> Metro the game, except with jump scares and knives. Ah, People I'm would scared. Eat <laughs> uh, should I stop recording? Yeah, you might as well. Alright.